Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. creation. Each being was adorned with a spacesuit of senses for the soul. The first day, you were granted the sense to hear, your own words being spoken. On the second, given the sense to see, your own deeds. The third day, you gained the sense to taste, the fruit of your own actions. The fourth day, a sense to reach out and touch someone, reproducing the human condition. Day five, brought the sense to smell. Something wasn't quite right. Day six brought your sense to intuit a dark night upon you, and it made you question, how, what for, what's the point, when will it end, why is all of this happening? On the seventh day, in a powerful ha-ha moment, Source spoke in an enlightened manner. Beloved, bless your heart, have a sense of humor, it's time to flash light on the dark night of the soul. How about some holy mackerel? Need a bucket of holy water to wake you up? It is time to take a walk on the lighter side. There's a whole lot of holy shift happening here. I'm your guide, Simran Singh, ready to be raw, ready to reveal, and always real. I invite you to step out of your story and just lighten up. Hey there, you're back, or you're new. Well, I'm thrilled to have you here, and I'm here to give you a sense of what has been missing in the whole evolutionary, transformational, self-realizational, soulful process, your sense of humor. If you're listening to this network, to my show, or participate in any sort of self-help, personal growth, or spirituality, you are most likely humor impaired. There is a condition that is running rampant in today's world and pandemic in spiritual-minded and evolved folks. You, too, may have contracted way too serious about lifeitis. You could possibly have been born with it. You may have gotten it from those around you, afflicted with spiritual STDs, serious thought disorder, Symptoms for way too serious about lifeitis include prolonged monotonous conversations of love and light, workshop addiction, erogenous fascination with the chakras, a continuous need to sage yourself, and most importantly, a preoccupation with saving the world. Gone untreated, way too serious about lifeitis could cause a depletion of energy a drain on life force, numbness, breakdown, and ultimately walking death. Extreme cases can only be treated with new thought, a regular use of innocence, and an occasional dose of silliness. 
I have a support system and regularly attend SOS groups, which stand for Stop Our Seriousness, which teaches a complete six-step program. If you are suffering from symptoms of way too serious about lifeitis and are ready to heal yourself, then take the oath. Stand up. Place your hands on either side of your head with your fingers facing upward and say, Ha, ha, hallelujah, ha. Center into your funny bone and make a wide smile. Now, repeat after me and take the oath. I admit to being too serious, making life unmanageable. I believe the power of humor can restore my sanity. I am willing to turn life over to the care of the inner comic. I can cultivate an inner landscape of laughability. I admit to the comedy gods, you and myself, the suffering of extreme seriousness. And number six, I invite soul archangel of satire to instill a sense of gooberosity into my being. So be the chuckle. So chortle it in. Aha, ha, ha, hilarilujah, and slapstick it in. <sighs> now take a deep breath. Doesn't that feel good? How do I know so much about this rampant condition? I had it. Well, I still have it, but I'm healing it. Okay. It may not be healed, but I am amusing myself, messing around, cutting up with consciousness. In other words, I am truly, I'm playing with it. Yes, I'm playing with it as I undergo new thought treatments. I can't really say working with it. That would be way too serious and definitely not in line with my divine spiritual posse and infinite possibility. All the New Age empowered spiritualists are now replacing the word work with play because they want to be in the space of fun, fantasy, and frivolity. I'm really doing it. I'm wisdom gone wild. Wow, I'm wisdom gone wacky. But between you and me, for all those other people, it really still is work. The exchange of work and play is just semantics. This is the worst form of way too serious about lifeitis because they're just making shift up. They're in total denial about what's really going on. They've lost all sense of their comical reality. It's a head trip, an illusion in the illusion, behind the quintessential veil of a real foggy lie cloaked in the closet of deception. Act now. S.O.S. Save yourself from way too serious about lifeitis. You can heal yourself. So, just to be completely transparent... I'm not funny yet. However, I am having boatloads of fun. And the good news, here we are. We made it to a second show, and I was not pooged out of the world Pooja Network. In fact, I actually got feedback, which I will share. Oh, perspective. Gotta love how it can be seen from all sides. I listened to my show several times after it aired. I knew it didn't have a whole lot of funny, but I chuckled enough times, enough times to contact a comedy coach and get feedback. 
it's important to access the experts when you need to know what you need to know. You know, I figured she could cheer me on, boost my confidence, help me fan my funny flame. She wrote the comedy Bible, so I figured it was sort of like being blessed by a high comedy priestess. However, as it turns out, I don't know which one of us was the bigger victim. This was outright painful, torturous, piercing. At least that's what she said. She began listening to the MP3. Her face contorted. Her hands clutched her throat as her head went back. I think her eyes fell back into her forehead, and then her head began doing this rolling, rolling, rolling all the way around thing. You know, kind of like kundalini yoga, except not the proper form or the proper breathing. But it did get me thinking. In life, when people are making all of those dramatic hand gestures and contorted moves, and they're not in a yoga class, you know those kind of people. We should just call it kundalini. Or in my case... That woman went kind of leany on me. (laughs) So then, her lips started moving, but nothing came out. Had I lost my sense of hearing? Maybe if I had, it would strengthen my sense of humor. Her charades went on for several minutes before she finally just said, You, you are just not funny. What are you even talking about? I can't follow what you're saying. You have no form, no structure. You make no sense. You need an attitude and a voice. But most of all, you need to be funny. I'm dying, and not from laughter. Seriously? Really? Could she be projecting onto me? I felt like one of those American Idol kids that really thought they had talent, that really thought they were not that bad, only to be told that they were really, really really that bad. My saving grace is that I kind of already knew that. Needless to say, after what she said, I began to do some kindalini. Head went back, forward, back, eyes rolled back in my head. I didn't know which one of us needed the exorcism. Blessed Holy Communion, I had sinned. You know, missed the mark. Call in the shaman stat. Sprinkle me with holy water. Burn some sage. Crack some eggs, throw some cocoa leaves in the air, speak in tongues, hell, spit on me, rid me of this entity of seriousness. But life does always text us an LOL. I knew this was part of the journey. It made it clearer that I was truly here to take people on a journey with me from beginning to end, from not being to being, from funereal to fun for real. What is success without failure? Positivity without negativity. A sweat lodge without the sweat. I'll be okay. I'm just exercising the human condition. Well, then I got to my computer and the president of the World Puja Network had sent me an email, an email about my show, and it was entitled, Important Feedback on Your First Show. Oh, my goodness, what was going to be next? I could only imagine after the feedback from the comedy goddess, was I being given the purple slip? You know, the pink slip, but in spirituality it would be like purple and sparkly. Was I being given the purple slip? My heart pounded. The ego was bomb-blasting me, 
total minefield of am you not I am, like ammunition, but instead the weapons are used against the self, you know, am you not I am. Oh, yeah, I forget. You're not so enlightened up on things. I'll break it down for you. Am you not I am. Am you not I am. Anyway, I duck down behind the desk. I crouched to the floor. I was ready to go into the fetal position at any moment. I raised my head slowly, just enough so my eyes could peer over the desk. I was desperately trying to hide in plain sight, but everywhere I would go, I'd find myself. Just could not get away from the enemy that was in me. I mustered the courage to click the email open, and I read her words. Oh, my Allah, I could not believe it. Here is what she said. I'm listening to your new show, laughing, smiling, and freaking brilliant. I'm laughing my ass off, and I hardly even have one. You're a stand-up or sit-down comedian of the highest order. Wow, girl, you give me some hope that my humor, which at one time I actually had, can be resuscitated. I can't wait to hear what's next or see what's next. OMG, no shit. Wow, who would have thought? My heart pounded in my chest. Blood rushed to my veins. My first thought was, wow, she curses? And all this time I thought I couldn't curse because I was spiritual. I guess it's okay for me to curse. I could feel my temples pulsating, and my root chakra was rooting itself. My second thought, oh my, she really doesn't have a sense of humor either, based on the comedy goddess feedback. My third thought, what if someone physically could laugh their ass off from spiritual humor? All things are supposed to stem from a spiritual cause. That brings a whole new meaning to the bottom falling out. Need to make sure I have people sign a disclaimer when they hear my show or see me standing up. Can cause your ass to hit bottom. Warning. Rump removal. A real bum biblioclasm. Watch out for derriere disintegration. And gluteal gonna for real. It's worse than I thought. I really do need to do this comedic thing. I have to save the world of spirituality from itself. This is serious stuff, in a comical kind of way. It's my destiny. I'm being called. I'm being called to come forward as a hero. I might need to take up heroin, natural, organic, and medicinal, of course. You know, I could stand alongside all those great superheroes of history. Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman. They're all comics. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. This is what it looks like when you get trapped inside my head. Except I actually have the little bubbles in there, too. You know, the ones that say, kapow, splat, to infinity and beyond. They look like angelic clouds instead of bubbles, though. Well, of course, the in need of validation, codependent rescuer in me, was immediately unleashed. I was so ready to answer the call. I could see myself as the alchemical higher power of serious transformation. Can't you see me as a spiritual superhero? Don't I fit the profile? I just see it. I can hear it. There she is, glowing brighter than white light. 
faster than the speed of road rage, more powerful than an afflicted ego mind, and able to leap tall manifestations in a single bound. Look, up on stage, it's a human doing. It's a human being. No, it's spirit, y'all. Well, at least that's what it sounds like in the way Southerners say it. Y'all. Spirit, y'all. Spiritual. Spirit, y'all. Hmm. Oh, and I'd have a great costume. I was a fashion designer, you know. Oh, yeah. I would charge forward in a majestic violet flame, angel wings, and a bubble of white light. Gotta have protection, you know. A big letter S emblazoned on my chest. It could stand for Simi, yet also be placed in front of laughter. Ooh, but that actually spells slaughter, which I, if I'm really as bad as the comedy coach said, I do kind of slaughter people. And if I'm really good, well, I guess I still slaughter them in a spiritual sort of way. It's all spiritual, you know. Seriousness, you're about to get slaughtered. Hmm, that could be my tagline. Funny thing about perception, it can be seen from all sides. I don't have to be funny yet. I realize that now. No end destination for me. It's all about the bumps, the bruises, and the breakdowns along the way. I'm on a journey to find my funny, and I'm bringing you with me. Because if you are spiritual, spiritual, you have been caught up in your own shift, and you probably don't even have a sense of humor. And if you're not spiritual, your sense of humor masks your pain. And, well, that's just really not funny. It's freaking twisted contorted, painful shit. It's, you would be going Kundalini in your world. Anyway, I'm half spiritual teacher and half life coach, which just means that my life has some really screwed up places, but I've always found my way home. (laughs) And then I would leave my house. Yeah, growing up, this was always the case. When I would leave my house, my parents would always say, what all Indian people say to their kids from the day they're born. No mistake. No mistake. No mistake. Oh, yeah. You Westerners try to sound all cool and say namaste. You've got it all wrong. No, they're not saying namaste. They're saying no mistake. Because they teach about karma from the moment you pop out of the womb. Literally, the first words an Indian baby hears after they've been butt-slapped into so-called reality is no mistake. It's all they say for a while. No mistake, no mistake, no mistake. (laughs) You are not that funny. Oh, my gosh, namaste. Anyway, they start young because a lot of us are very old souls. At least in India we are. You know, very, very, very old, old souls. As Indians, we've lived way too many lifetimes, hundreds, some even thousands. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Wow, what kind of amazing beings are these? Well, let me tell you, not something to be proud of, mind you. It just means that the person is a really, really, really slow learner. EDD, Evolution Deficient Disorder. (laughs) People say it with such pride that they're an old soul. I must be an old soul. I look at them and think, fool, when are you going to get it? No mistake, no mistake. (sighs) Yeah, 
Always lots of wisdom from my country. Hotbed for wisdom. When I first heard Deepak over here, I thought I was back home. That's how all of them talk over there. You know how they say those brown people all look alike? Actually, it's that they all sound alike. If they ever did the Indian version of Where's Waldo, it would be called Doing Deepak. And you could just go to India and find millions of them running around, all sounding just like him. Okay, get ready. Big aha moment, or ha-ha moment in your case. I figured out where to find my funny. I figured it out. Get this. This is a huge, huge piece of wisdom. you got to write this one down. Post-it noted everywhere, on your windows, on your walls, your toilet seat, even in your underwear. Oh, yeah, I know you tuck your affirmation in your drawers. Here it is. Sticky note, this one. My dharma is my drama. Yes, my dharma is my drama. I truly believe this is my drama. Dharma. See, they're so, they're so connected, they're one. Where else could life purpose come from? Other than drama, there is purpose in our pain. I used to always say that our power was in our pain, and now I realize our pleasure is in our pain, too. Our pleasure is in our pain. Woohoo! I'm not a sadist or a masochist. I'm a humorist. To view all of our chaos as funny is kind of horrific, but holy humor, it's humorific. It's perspective. You just got to see it from all sides, and I'll teach you how to do that. Why don't we start now? There are three sides to every story, you know. Every story, not two, but three. No, not your side, my side, and the right side. That explanation is so three-dimensional human. Three sides, like comedy, After all, life is one giant cosmic joke. There's a setup, the act out, and the punchline. I realized this and I began looking at areas of my life. My relationship, for example, it was there all along. We create a huge setup so that we can have a fall from grace, acting out the whole thing while munching on forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge after taking it from a soul who was going to get us in the first place. That is the tragedy of the whole thing. And then we get to find the punchline. There's the joke, the prank of pain management. You get punked. I would set myself up every single time. Come on, admit it. You did the same thing. Don't be shy. Be proud of the crap you create. You truly created some divine crap. It's yours after all. And then there's the act out. By golly, can we act? Walk me down the red-hot coals and give me a Grammy. But the third, that was the one that was hidden. It was tucked behind a very thick veil, probably velvet or corduroy. Although in fashion design school, my fabric choices always seem to be stretch, illusion, performance, and burnout. Oh, my. Kind of sounds like how I operated in my life. Stretch, illusion, performance, and burnout. Interesting. I wonder if our clothing reflects how we be. It was what I wore. Wow. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Connect the dots and watch them fall. Makes me want to really create some holy shift. Bring it on. Well, 
Looks like time for a humor break. You know the other kind. If emotion's not coming out of your mouth, your body will send it out the other end. What I can tell you, one way or another, you'll be letting loose. You'll figure out that your humor is part of what your healing has to be. If you're new to the show, you probably aren't getting that amazing piece of wisdom. I want you to get the full sense of humor. We came into earth with these senses. Sight, sound, taste, smell, touch, even a sixth sense for what others couldn't comprehend. But we missed one, or at least took it for granted. And those of us determined to wake up, we completely lost it. The sense of humor. But what most people don't know is humor actually has two meanings. And both are processes of elimination. Both are integrative, and both are here to help us release our shit. Excuse my French. It was the only appropriate word in the moment. Well, humor has two definitions. One is that it is bile, feces, and excrement, that which we eliminate out of the system. In a sense, pardon the pun, is the way we cast out what we're holding on to, let go of what's been processed. It is the manner that we release the garbage in our systems. Some of the garbage is the stuff that we take in on a day-to-day basis. Sure, the food is part of it, but I'm talking about a lot of the crap we create in our own lives and call it something else. We push and we strain and we squeeze and we push some more to release and release and release in all kinds of ways, including the toilet. Sometimes it's hard, really hard, Sometimes it's so bad it just pours out. And other times, there's so much, so much that we're fighting to get out of ourselves that the change happens to such a degree we keep holding on to it. And we get all constipated, inside and in life. That's what being stuck is. And we wonder why 98.9% of the population has digestive issues. We're not digesting any of the crap we're creating Well, it's time to lose it in a different way. We don't need to squeeze. We don't need to push or stress or strain. We don't need to stay stuck or constipated in life. Instead of losing it with anger or chaos or delving into more vastly creative and dysfunctional dramas that we can create, can't we just lose it with laughter? Will the real humor please come forward? I mean, supposedly the universe has a sense of humor. My friends who speak to, see, and engage with the spirits, angelic realm, ascended masters, and the so-called other side say they laugh all the time. I know why. Spirit world's laughing at us. We're one big cosmic joke. Well, hope that enlightened you on the different types of humor that we have. Well, right now I need to take a humor break. The other kind of humor. So I can come up with some more wisdom. Whiz. Whiz. Wow, another toiletry term. Hmm. See? Out of one end or the other. Well, in a few minutes, I want to tell you all about my arranged marriage. What a hoot. Right after this humor break. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444, 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Well, 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 welcome back. Did you let loose? No mistake. Still, sit back, relax, and get chugged full of light and laughter. I want to tell you all about my arranged marriage. What a hoot. By the time I was 12, I knew I was going to have an arranged marriage. I grew up in this country, in in North America. I actually grew up in South Carolina. And so to have an arranged marriage probably seemed really strange for a lot of people. might even seem strange to you. But, you know, I figured I could love anyone. Anyone. Why not? You just have to choose to. I mean, we're made of love, right? Well, so I thought. Whenever you state an intention, the complete opposite shows up. And whenever you pour love on something, everything unlike it shows up. What incarnation! Aren't we brilliant? Boy, do we live in a world of opposites. Ever notice that? Only if you can lose can you win. More wisdom. i got to continue that humor. But I was determined to have my Piscean, romanticized, fantasized, fairy tale version of an arranged marriage. Slight hesitation, though, when my parents pulled out the matrimonial section of the India abroad. Yes, there is actually a section in the newspaper where one can go find a man, woman, or otherwise. And this was well before Match.com or eHarmony. So you could call it Media Mate, Meet Your Mate. (laughs) You'll catch on soon enough. It's not my job to play small or slow down so that you can catch on. Anywho, back to the matrimonials. I'll read you a couple. Doesn't this sound like the life experience of a lifetime? Average-looking man with patch over left eye and walking with slight limp, seeking beautiful, fair-complexioned, traditional woman. Ugh! Well, I couldn't have that. I've never been a traditional woman. And the patch thing sort of freaks me out. I didn't want to end up with Blackbeard as my mate. Although Johnny Depp can peg-leg his eye-patched way over to me any time. Cast me ashore, and X marks the sacred spot. Oh, gee, you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, let me get back on the path. Matrimonial section, that's where we were. Oh, here's another one. Very handsome plastic surgeon, four foot two, seeking homely girl with good dowry. Must have good reproduction. Good reproduction? Homely? What the wabi-sabi? In other words, willing to take ugly girl if she has a lot of material assets. And homely? What was he looking for, his first client? Reproduction? What a play on words. Can you imagine? Just poke me in my mind's eye and call me blinded by the light. Luckily, they didn't go random on me. 
and they actually solicit help from friends. So there were some connections. I continued for it anyway. Who was I to be responsible for my own life's path? Holy inner authority, no way. At that time, I was quite content to sleep my way through life. I told my parents, pick the man, pick the date, tell me what time and where to show up. I knew I could love anybody, anybody. I had this idea that my light and shining armor would appear. All I can say, be careful what you wish for, certainly was a battle. Talk about living unconsciously and by default. What I unconsciously intended was, send me someone who truly tests me, who truly is a challenge to love. Intention is actually spiritualese for intention. It's crazy. We constantly put ourselves in tension, twisted like a rubber band, wound up. It's like a boxer beating himself up, an energy master having a nuclear meltdown, Cirque du Soleil having a dark night. Yeah, I had an arranged marriage. It sounds strange, but we all kind of do. You chose your partner before you got here. You shape-shifted on the Ethernet and signed up for MirrorMe.Global to set up your holographic profile. Don't be shy. You can tell the truth. And through that nebulous network, the right light man cometh or the right light womb can be found, depending on your sexual search engine and astrological orientation. You even planned the pain. I could unconsciously blame someone. I figured my parents chose me, and I let them choose him. I would like to think I had nothing to do with it. Look, God, no hands. You have no one to blame but yourself. You had to be in control. Hands on the wheel of life. You created all the chaos. I mean, look who you picked out. Wow. Talk about a horror flick. Hot Damapada, I had no idea 18 years ago could have had so much crazy. I should have been awarded the catastrophe. Get it? Catastrophe? (laughs) I was part of a harem. Isn't it about time the Divine Feminine said something like that? Gotta see evolution. Well, anyway, I was the one with the harem. Ten different men in 18 years. Nah, really, it was just one metrosexual man that had changed his face ten times with plastic surgery. I never knew who I was going to come home to. A new husband every year, it seemed. But same name, same personality, same dysfunction. And tacky trousers. Relationships, they can teach you so much. How to compromise, how to give unconditionally. Most importantly how to stash the cash and hide brand new pairs of boots acting as if they've been there for years. Yeah, relationships are a hotbed for manipulation, deception, and bartering. Talk about reasons for contemplation. Did I say contemplation? No, I meant contemplation. Although at our core, we are negative beings trying to be positively charged. Well, I positively charged up the CC. No, not the credit card. The chaos and confusion. After eight years of marriage and two kids, I decided to ask my husband for a divorce. You know, 2012 was the year of letting go, and 2012 was a huge leap for me. I mean, after all, we were the first, the very first Indian-Indian marriage. 
to happen in over 30 years in the southeast. Talk about pressure, y'all. People from five states brought their kids to watch the whole week-long marriage. We were placed in the spotlight to be examples, more like examples of what not to do, beliefs, habits, patterns. Break it down or you'll have a breakdown. Trust me, I know. But we were in it. Over 700 people were there. And, of course, we didn't know anyone. Why should we? We didn't know each other. We were caught up in the dark night of the soul version of Barbara Streisand music video of people, people who need people. When we actually should have applied for the reality show Survivor. That's what it felt like. Uh, After all the pomp and circumstance, it was hard to walk away and disappoint so many. But I knew it was time to go, time to release who I was. It was either stay and spend another 18 years in the same state or leave. But what was I leaving? Cultural identification. Who would I be? Social identity. Whose gold card, American Express, would I use? The projection. You know, a project I was constantly having to work on. My husband kept me busy. I was always working on him. Oh, yeah. The projection. But most importantly, it was the divine gold American Express card that I didn't want to leave. Uh, He was such a gift. It's rare to be given a place to put my blame and shame for my life and how screwed up it was. Continuing the wounds that originally fumucked me up. Fumucked. The family that, well, let's say mucked you up. After all, I am spiritual. But, you know, you got to have thanks. Give gratitude for those people that we're able to put that blame and shame on. Got to love them. Oh, all those years I was married, I just kept saying, if I could only have someone who is as evolved as I am, who resonates at the same vibration, who is of like mind and like service, talk about illusions, Aikido not. It was like practicing the art of Aikido. Every time a belief system or a pattern was hurled at me, I would deflect it or adjust my body to handle the impact so I could remain standing. Superhero time. Truly, a keto knot doesn't matter how spiritual anyone is. They're all masters of illusion. The nirvana of some people. Sometimes spiritual people behave in the most unspiritual ways. I got a real eye-opener on that one. Really, what they need to say is, Lego, my ego. Lego, my ego is right. I applied for a job, interviewed with a highly, highly successful and evolved spiritual being, founder of a mega-billion-dollar company. He was totally organic. He meditated three to four hours a day, lived off the grid. He had built a huge empire So you know that he was manifesting the law of attraction. He was the law of attraction factor. But in the interview, okay, hold on to your seats. He was more interested with getting into my flowering essence than being of the essence. Talk about a third eye opener. He was ready to take it to the mat. He was ready to chaturanga, dude. I was like, downward dog, down. 
he was ready to go all tantric on me and yoke right then and there. Hot yoga. He was only interested in opening my lotus position. I felt metaphysically molested. I told him he could take his pendulum and douse it elsewhere. And then I grabbed my presentation and quickened away. Wow. I was naive enough to think he was interested in my vision. Mm Mm-mm. The whole time, his vision was operating all over my time and space. I learned some lessons, though. It could have gone highly vibrational. But holy kundalini rising. No, this was not the path. I was lucky to get away. I called in my angels. I raised my light shield, and I spun off like a whirling dervish clearing the room completely. It was heartbreaking to experience such a high entity, one of such high spirituality, to watch him behave in this manner. All my expectations and thoughts were shattered. It was like that very experience that was what led me to comedy. I got back to the hotel room and I burst into tears. And then I heard the voice say, You must be a stand-up comedian. Well, then I started laughing for two hours because I knew I wasn't funny. Sure, it was a risk. Absolutely, I'm raising my glass ceilings. You can't tell me the sky's the limit when we've got footprints on the moon. I knew. i got to take it to the moon, Hare Krishna. To the moon, Hare Ram. I'm going to do this comic thing. But still, I felt betrayed and abandoned, mostly by spirituality, because I just didn't think people should act like this. You know, abandonment and betrayal is what began the whole oming thing. Chanting the word om? In India, in ancient times, the men would leave their families and go into the forest to become enlightened. And the poor woman would be devastated, wailing for them to come. Om. Om. It all happened so early in the morning, too. Such morning. Good grief. Abandonment. Don't you love that experience? It's such an opportunity to look at where we betray ourselves. Gotta love that. A deliciously, divinely perfect way to tap into the goodness of grief and the wow factor of wounds long past. Best of all, oh, get this, this is my favorite reason for going through abandonment. Absolutely favorite reason of all time. It's just that I feel so guilty indulging. But it's a good excuse. It's a good excuse for sun-based, gluten-free, vegan, recycled, raw chocolate-covered dried tofu and tempeh bites with volcanic toasted organic nut butter on the side. What? You've never had it? Oh, my gosh, you got to write this down. you got to go order some. Sunbathed, gluten-free, vegan, rice, recycled, raw chocolate-covered, dried tofu, and tempeh bites. But you got to get it with the volcanic toasted organic nut butter on the side. That's where the real kicker is. You know, it's not a wonder that average people look at us spiritual and health nuts a little funny. I mean, really. The vegans, well, they're vegging out. And the fruitarians, they've gone a little fruity. I have to admit that. The raw foodists, 
well, they're not all they're cooked up to be. And the breatharians, what a bunch of airheads. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, we'll all be eating light. Speaking of space, have you noticed that life is a little trekky? You know, Star Trek, the Galactic Federation, Klingons? I think Gene Roddenberry was channeling the future. We have just gone into galactic time as of 2013. Our version of Klingons are codependents. We've had that a long time. There have been lots of Klingons in my life. Wrath of Khan, that's really Wrath of Karma. And the Starship Enterprise. Maybe Earth is actually a movie where alien beings are watching. Of course it's an Enterprise. They're probably making a fortune. Reality TV doesn't get much better than us. And then there's warp speed. That's what we traveled to get here. Have you ever thought about the whole process of getting here and being birthed? I think the journey from creation concepts of a spiritual being to the material manifestation of a human being is really what Star Trek was trying to show us. I mean, consider this. No wonder we have to move towards ascension. We descended from the bowels of creation, head first towards a pair of feet in a hospital room. No wonder we all have a longing to go home. The moment we burst, we were seeing the light, albeit a bunch of bright fluorescent light bulbs overhead. But what did we know? Everything was a blur. Alien beings were poking and prodding and snipping and slapping us around. Talk about a miracle. How did we survive that? Can't you see those sperm? initially jetting their way through at warp speed into a black hole until they climb to blast off where they're thrust into a red fallopian galactic spiral hurtling through space until they realize a crash is imminent, erupting from the force of the initial Big Bang. But they have to get through the shield of this tiny world as millions of sperm ships race past, each hoping to claim this distant, uninhabited planet as their new world but only one ship makes it through. Only one can. A sole survivor bursts through and lands on the surface, but all contact is lost. It's a rough landing, trapped inside this encasement. It has to split itself apart just to get out of there. This sole survivor transmutes into an alien creature as it begins to feed on its encasement. It grows and grows and grows until it finally bursts through, creating an opening large enough to squeeze out of. Upon re-entry into this new space and time, it works its way through a wormhole until it finds the light. As an evolved organism is slapped around on the surface and amnesia hits, all of a sudden it's thrust back into darkness, one long, dark night. The only saving grace is the spacesuit that it wears. It can expand and grow like a transformer to meet the needs of any atmosphere, adapting and changing in order to become what is around them, clones of one another until we break through the brainwashing. It is the journey to being a superhero. Wow. Got to be in awe of that. We run around having forgotten who we are so we can become who we are, in the process of that, we don't know who we are, we have to try to see who we are, but we're not using the senses that we have, and we keep coming back to who we are. It's like a dog chasing its tail, 
we're running around ourselves and around ourselves and around ourselves only to find that we bite ourselves in the ass from time to time. Actually, I should say moment to moment. We might as well keep the whole journey mindful. So as I was considering how to take this entire hilarity on the road, I mean, obviously I know you've laughed through this entire show, I began to wonder if I needed a persona. Hmm. You know, part of vision is taking it to the senses. How does this smell? How do I smell? Taste, speak, feel, behave, act. I want to be full sensory. What is the vision? Or am I just to move blindly in the dark? A few things came to mind. Oh, I've got it. Lady Ha-Ha. I could be Lady Ha-Ha. I could be the alter ego of Lady Gaga. It might actually make her laugh. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, no. You know, divine guruette of the melchemical disorder of the light sisterhood. The melchemical disorder of the light sisterhood. It's about time Melchizedek and his white brothers had some divine feminine sister energy. That's it. Divine G, Lady Haha. I have to take a vote between that and slooper slaughter or semi-slaughter. Why is it everything is so masculine in religion and spirituality? Have you noticed that? Everything's so male. God is this old man with a beard in a big bubba chair on the moon. The White Brotherhood is hanging out in the supernova, munching on moon cheese, Saturn rings, and Milky Way bars, slapping each other on the backs as they laugh and chant the proverbial, Amen. The universe needs some feminine liberation. Bring in some divalicious. I'm fairly certain that behind that old dude, that big bubba, that there's a hot, sexy tantra in your face, mystical Mrs. ruling the universe. Enough with the amen. He needs to be a woman for a while, don't you think? Yeah, bring in some of that diva goodness. My question is, why is Mother Earth being walked all over? Why is Mother Earth the one on bottom and Father Sky the one on top? Whoever decided that? How come Mother Earth couldn't be on top and be Mother Sky and it be Father Earth? Why did she have to be the one on bottom, laying down on the ground, taking in all the garbage that's being thrown at her? You know what? I bet from space, Mother Earth looks like she has a giant cigarette butt coming out of her mouth. I bet all the other sister planets are gossiping about her. Just look at Mother Earth over there, smoking hot, Who does she think she is with all that global warming? She needs to clean herself up and find her true nature. Has she forgotten about the birds and the bees? She's just let herself go all to ruins. Can't you just hear the gossip? Holy mother. And what about Father Sky? Always wanting to be on top. Always looking down at her. To keep the relationship interesting, they're going to have to mix things up a bit. I'll admit to the magnificence of his bright starry gaze and his electrifying streak, but sometimes that stormy wrath comes down too hard and with such a thunderous voice. It's like a tsunami forcefully taking over Mother Earth. Don't you see the way she just cries oceans of tears? Father Sky, so bipolar, leaving Mother Earth like a barren desert with the glare while he glares at her, 
At times, Father Sky is in such heat that Mother Earth can't help but just take it all in. What's being birthed here? They need to check into Planet Parenthood. Can I ask you if you're doing Aura right? Well, Aura righty then. You know, I got a few emails asking me to pull a couple of the bits from the last show. For those that missed it, just to help them know what really got rave reviews on my first go at being humorous. Because a lot of people have checked out, and they need something like this to slapstick them into space, or into place. I guess they're already in space somewhere. They've spaced out. Well, what's the point of checking in if you're going to check out? You just have to check back in again, and then you have to do everything all over again. That's what creating useless patterns is all about. You know what? I think Earth is probably just one giant big rehab center we've all checked into just to fix ourselves. We're the remedial class. Oh, my. I just realized you didn't know that, did you? You've done a lot of checking in and checking out. Bless your heart. Don't feel bad. You'll be better soon. I confess I checked out, and I had to check back in maybe more than a few times. Earth really is one giant rehab center for us remedial souls that can't get the lesson. Well, I signed up for the full curriculum this time, and all the patterns and the veils and the blinders, they were my fashion spiritual statement, a subtle mix between gothic and on guard. No one could put this stuff together the way I could, and I even chose the subjects I wanted to take. I was clear. Can you imagine all the options of classes up there? I actually picked out ones that I knew were the lessons I wanted to achieve dysfunctional behavior seem to always get into trouble there codependent methods I found I was either always giving myself away in that class or dependent on others didn't like that one energetic blockages I got sort of stuck there for a while generational studies definitely a lot of history cultural influence I was totally immersed in that one. Oh yeah and mental cases plenty of those around And finally, emotional field study. That was a class I kind of slept through early on. But it was all exciting stuff. Oh, yeah. And, of course, P.E. you got to have P.E., possibilities experienced. And my favorite, how could I forget my favorite class? Drama. Have to have drama and lots of it. Could not get enough of that. For a long time, that was my favorite class, my absolute favorite class. Yeah, this Earth School experience is just cool. And I look forward to continuing it with you as we journey more towards the funny. Well, I guess my time's up for this week. How about you catch a little crazy, find a little funny, lighten the hell up. I'll snort, chuckle, and guffaw at you later in an absolutely spiritual kind of play. Of course. Thank you for tuning in and turning on the lighter side. I am Simran Singh, and my mission is to flash light onto the dark night of the soul. It does not have to be hard. It does not require pain. There is a new way to integrate the lessons, the learning, and the life circumstances using laughter. Holy Hallelujah! There's a whole lot of holy shift happening here. Join me next time and take another walk on the lighter side. I am the founder and publisher of 1111 Magazine. 1111 Talk Radio, and interviews on the lighter side, in addition to a creative visionary, life catalyst, author, and speaker. 
dedicated to supporting humanity in growing, evolving, and uniting. Connect with me at 1111mag.com or simran-sing.com and via Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Pinterest at simran-sing1111. You can also email your comments and questions to simran at 1111mag.com. In love, of love, and with love and laughter, I am Simran Singh. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Shift happens.